Have you felt these holiday stressors? Food temptations and sugar everywhere. Food pushers trying to get you to eat what they made. People you have to see who talk about topics you don't want to talk about. Foods that are only available this time of year and you struggle with fear of missing out. Feeling like you might as well just say screw it to any attempts to be healthy until January. Getting close to the end of the year and judging yourself for not being further along in your goals. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to wait until after the next holiday to prioritize your health. You don't have to resign yourself to stress, exhaustion, deprivation, discomfort, and shame this holiday. In my self-care keto holiday guide, you'll get a plan to navigate the food opportunities of the holidays from a mindset of self-care with a 50-page easy-to-use downloadable and printable guide, 26 easy, delicious keto holiday recipes that everyone will love, a holiday planner exercise that you can reuse holiday after holiday, year after year, and a bonus emotional eating mindset exercise. You're going to design a holiday plan that's focused on what you will actually enjoy because it's your holiday too. Uncover the people-pleasing mindsets that cause you to self-sabotage on holidays, have strategies for food and alcohol that actually work for you, have exciting new recipes to try, know how to handle food pushers and awkward food conversations, Develop self-awareness and self-compassion for emotional eating at the holidays. Know how to succeed anywhere, at home, at someone else's house, even at a restaurant or traveling. Feel in control and have zero regrets and be ready to get right back on track with a healthy mindset after a holiday. You can instantly download this great new resource for just $19 at theketofit.com slash holiday. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Keto Fit Weight Loss Coaching for Women. I am your coach, Jess, and I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. Today, we are going to be talking all about carnivore, and I am so excited to have a special guest join, Amber Wentworth from Lone Star Keto Girl. She has just jumped on, so we're going to be pulling her in. Here we go. Hey, Amber. Hey, give me just one second. I just knocked <laughs> my phone right off the stand. <laughs> well, this is an exciting start. Oh, geez. <laughs> while you're I getting swear. adjusted, I'll just introduce you while we're getting adjusted here. Right, so, okay, um, okay. all right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Hello. All right. Okay. There we go. Okay. 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 Jeez, I didn't have it on there good. And it's like a really <laughs> tight one. And then it just, I went to push the button and it's a snap. <laughs> That's right. Hey, You're already that? showing off your fun personality, which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited to <laughs> have you on today. So How are you doing, Jess? I'm doing really good. Thank you. How are you today? Uh, better today. Better today. Yeah. Yesterday How? was rough, but today's better. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm so sorry that you lost your, your doggy this week, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And right now my puppy and I apologize if y'all hear her screaming because I have her in her uh, kennel because she is tearing up everything. So <laughs> you may hear some like whining. Yeah. It's not me. It's her. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. We will, we will pay no attention to the man behind the curtain there. So. There you go. <laughs> How's the weather there in the great state of Texas? It's actually kind of nice. It has just, um, it's like in the seventies, but it's super windy. So oh, okay. that's the only thing, but the sun's out. It, it's actually a beautiful day. It's just kind of a, I guess Winnie the Pooh would say, you know, it's a blustery day, but yeah. it, it, it's, it's nice. I like it. Yeah. It's kind of that in between. So 
That's awesome. Same thing here in Virginia Beach. It's going to hit like a high of 70, but it's like in the 60s, kind of overcast, kind of windy. So enough to wear like a jacket in the morning. I feel like I change clothes three times a day this time of year. So yeah, I do not like that. I I am not a jacket girl anyway. And so, you know, having to do the back and forth thing and the layer thing. Yeah, I don't do the layer thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Well, everybody, as you're tuning in, thank you so much for joining us here today. And I'm really excited to interview Amber on all things carnivore. Um, I see lots of people joining in from all over the country. Guys, put in the chat, where are you from? Um, Give us a heart. And we're going to get started. So Amber Wentworth, um, also known as Lone Star Keto Girl, has been on a keto and carnivore journey for quite a while now, since 2017. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And as, as the, the latest and greatest, I checked your website, you've lost 62 pounds and you've gone from <clears throat> your larger size, a size 24, all the way down to a size two. Is that right? Uh, yes. Um, but uh, let, let, let me just say this a little bit. Um, yeah. I've actually, from my heaviest, just for reference for people who don't know me, this was me. And this was at my heaviest. I was um, well over 245 pounds, but that's the last actual weight I have. But I'm pretty sure I was uh, weighed a lot more. Um, But um, I have lost half my body weight since then. And um, some of it was through stuff like Weight Watchers. And of course, I would start gaining it right back after I met my goal. You know, I'd lose the 100 pounds. And Mm -hmm. then um, I would start gaining again as soon as I met that goal because I couldn't sustain it because it sucked. And then um, I would never quite gain all the weight back to my heaviest. So and then the next time I would catch myself, oh, my God, and then go back on, you know, a diet. And then Mm -hmm. I would lose the weight again and then just not ever quite gain right, you know, a little bit less each time I would gain before I would go, okay, stop it. And so this past time, uh, the last big weight loss I had um, when I went keto was um, almost 80 pounds. Wow. Still incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much for contextualizing that for us too. Especially it's encouraging to hear that, you know, for all the people who have probably lost weight and then regained it and then lost it again and have lost the same, you know, however many pounds, however many times, like, oh my gosh, I'm sure so many of us can resonate with that. So um, you also have a huge following on Instagram, over 25,000 people. I got to know, like, what has your journey been like with Instagram? When did you start posting and actually sharing about your journey? And like, how did you grow this much? Yeah, it was. It, this has been a crazy journey. And actually, in the beginning, it was extremely slow. And um, I, I just really did it mainly because when I found something that worked for me that I didn't even know about, I was like... Right. I got to yeah. tell people, yeah. I got to, I got to get it out there and I don't know how else to do it. So yeah. I, you know, started uh, Instagram seemed to be the right platform for this particular thing. I mean, yeah. Facebook has some uses, I guess, whatever. And um, YouTube a little too, but for some reason, Instagram just works in this community. Yeah. And yeah. so I just started posting basically my journey and information that I got And, you know, I want people to know this because if something, if they continue to do something and it's not working for them, maybe try something different. I kept doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Anyway, so I started sharing that information and little by little it it grew, but you know, it was just, it was slow. It was so slow. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And then all of a sudden, I, I don't know why. I have no clue why. It just started going crazy. And the last, yeah. I don't know, six months, I've been like, what 
in the world. So <laughs> there is no rhyme or reason. I don't know. I'm still doing the same thing. I guess maybe yeah. I'm, you know, doing more and, you know, I've got more information. I'm coaching now, that kind of thing. I don't know, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'll never figure it out. I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of the uh, the secret uh, algorithm. Nobody really yeah, knows I, how it works, yeah. but I'm <laughs> just so when glad. you think you do. <laughs> it's true. Just get out there and have fun, right? Exactly. I mean, and, and it, if you're having fun, then you're going to stick with it. And if you stick with it, then you're going to see results. And that applies exactly. to weight loss too. So, and you have to be yeah. real. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's the problem. Like a lot of people try to be somebody they're not. And mm -hmm. I try to be as, you know, out there and up front as, as possible. I mean, of course you want to tell all your secrets, but you right. know, I, I'm pretty open about, you know, various things and I don't want to lie and I'm not going to mislead people. And if you ask me something, I'm going to tell you, you mm -hmm. know, if it's not too personal, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. So, you know, I think that's important because I think we mm -hmm. see so much fake and don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't, you know, use, you know, funny filters and, you know, do stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't know that that's, you know, that's having fun. That's, you know, doing what, you know, makes you happy, whatever. I don't consider that as fake, you know, but beyond that, I, I just think being real is very, very important and not, you know, saying you're doing one thing, but really you're doing something else, you know, very true. Kind of very true. It makes me wonder how many like coaches are out there still promoting something that they're not really doing anymore just because exactly, you know, it's yeah. successful or they're making money off yeah. of it or whatever, but you are so authentic and it's definitely shines through and in, in your following. And I love how you promote other people too. Like you're always reposting other people and just sharing mm -hmm. good information and shining a spotlight on other creators. That's so, um, you know, the opposite of a scarcity mindset. Like it's a, it's an abundance mindset. And I love, I love that about you. Yeah, well, you. I, I love that because I think there's so many good creators out there that have valuable information and mm -hmm. I, regardless of what happens with me and, you know, whatever the Instagram fame, whatever, I don't care, but it, it's, it's the knowledge. And I don't want mm -hmm. anybody to ever, ever have to suffer like I did if, yeah. if they don't have to. I mean, there was a reason why I went through what I did and that's why I do what I do. But right. if I can save one person from having to go through even a fraction of what I did, then, you know, yay. And there are some really, really good people in our community and mm -hmm. like you and, Thank you. You know, <laughs> and they should be promoted. So thank yeah. you. Well, I appreciate you. Amber, take us all the way back. Like you're, you, you referenced your story a little bit. People, you don't want anybody to suffer as much as you did. So take us back to the beginning. When did you first start to feel uncomfortable with your weight? What kind of messages did you receive? How did this affect you in your life, in your happiness, um, putting limitations upon you? And like, just how did you get to keto? Like what, yeah. what worked, what didn't work? And then how did you finally get into the keto space and carnivore space? Well, that was a heck of a journey. I'm just going to warn you right now. Yeah, but I'll try we want to hear it. Zip through it here. Um, I first really kind of um, started noticing that my body was a little bit different than other girls in about the age 10 in fifth yeah. grade. And, you know, the other girls were real skinny and they weren't developed. And I started to, to develop and somehow that got translated into being fat and abnormal. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I thought there was something very wrong with my body. And that's where I now understand where my first issues started, where that point was that I started um, questioning you know, if I was okay or not. And that messes with you mentally, emotionally, and physically. And so from that start, young age, I can remember, God, I was so young, you know, I don't know, maybe 12. And I remember going on a diet with my cousins who, who were overweight. 
because I stay with them for a couple of weeks during the summer. Mm-hmm. And we did this, um, what was it? The nine weenie diet, I think they call mm-hmm. it, where one day you eat like nine hot dogs. The next day you eat nine boiled eggs. The next day you eat nine bananas. Oh, wow. There was one bathroom in the house. Yeah, that was a fun day. Wow. But anyway, so I remember starting then. And then I would also watch my mom who was mm-hmm. continually dieting because she came from a family, a very obese, diabetic, heart issue family. And she didn't want to be like that. So I watched her eat salads. Like, that's why I, I think I hate salads to this day. I think it's just <laughs> ridiculous to eat salads. You know, it's <laughs> like, that is like, I am not a rabbit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I would watch that and I started going on, on, you know, diets from that point. By the time I was 15, I was full-blown bulimic and anorexic, and I was also abusing laxatives and diet pills and diuretics, Mm. and that was at the time where I met my now husband. We just celebrated on the 26th. I saw the Um, prom photo. 40 years together, so he's been with me from so the beginning, and um, he even uh, paid for a medical diet for me. So it was one where you go and you have your blood drawn and all that kind of stuff. And then they put you on this very strict, I think it was like, I don't know, 800 calorie diet or something like that, but they monitored you and I had to have parental, you know, signature. So I conned my, my dad because my parents were separated and I knew my mom would be like, uh, no. So I got my dad to sign the form and my now husband paid for that at 17. He paid for me to do that because not because he thought I needed it, but because right. I was so emotionally, you know, just not okay with what I look like. He mm-hmm. loved how I looked, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I should, well, you saw the pictures on high school. I was not fat. I had, you know, no, eh, these you things, but, <laughs> but you know, whatever. And so I, I, you know, I did that. And then I did like the slim fast. I did, um, the, the, um, Jenny Craig. I, I, I mean, good gosh, I, I did everything out there, all the crazy things too, you know, like the, the nine diet, whatever there were, there yeah. was all those other ones that come around the, the juice diet, the, the cabbage diet, the, Oh my goodness. And then I discovered Weight Watchers. Um, I was probably about, I think 17 when I did my first Weight Watchers, I believe it was. And I lost weight. Sure. Mm-hmm. I did. It was freaking miserable. It, right. it it just sucked. And, uh, you know, again, as soon as I would lose the weight, uh, I would start gaining it back again, catch myself. And then I would do the same diet, exact same mm-hmm. diet again, but they, you know, improved it, right. They, right. they improved it. So the point system got better. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and mind you, when I was doing it, they had the little book. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they didn't have, you know, apps no apps. and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. They had this little, little, little guidebook thing. And recipes. And, oh, I was all about the recipes. You know, I would uh, go through magazines and pull out recipes and, you know, the Weight Watchers whole thing, you know, and I I was big into that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I did that three times, three times where I lost 80 to a hundred pounds, three times. And it was all done with Weight Watchers. Okay. So uh, yes, you can lose weight. Yes, you can, but you can also lose weight eating Snicker bars. So, you know, (laughs) but the point is I could never sustain it. So I would get to that point where I would be, okay, I reached my goal because I reached my goal every single time. Never a problem Mm. ever. I had crazy, ridiculous willpower, never a problem. But then as soon as I would hit that goal, Mm -hmm. oopsie, that's when I knew that I was going to fail. I already knew I was going to fail, but I couldn't continue to do it 
because it, it was, it, it messed with my mind. I would cry at night because I was miserable. Um, I, I would watch my friends be able to eat what they wanted, but because I had crazy willpower, I wouldn't never give in. I never mm -hmm. gave in, but I would watch them and I would almost hate them because it'd be mm -hmm. like, why can you eat that? And I can't, yeah. but I wouldn't allow myself to do it. So I told myself you can't. And I didn't. And mm -hmm. that's the way I work. When I tell myself something, mm, that's it. And so, you know, even, even my overweight friends, I would be jealous of them because mm -hmm. they had the mentality to where they didn't care or, yeah. you know, you think they don't care. They actually right. do. But, you know, yeah. that's what I had in my mind. And I, I just couldn't understand that. And, and I would be just like, oh my gosh. And anyway, so, so this pattern, good God, it just, it just went on and on. And, um, the bulimia and the anorexia got really, really bad. Um, when, when I graduated, I weighed 98 pounds. Now I'm not a big person. I'm, I'm only five, two, but, um, still 98 pounds. And I, I, I wore like a double zero. Of course, back then the double zero is way smaller than it is now. Okay. Right. right. <laughs> so that was really tiny. And, um, then at that point I, I was kind of steady for a while. Um, I, I, I was able to deal with the bulimia and the extra anorexia because of my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time. He found out and he threatened mm -hmm. to tell my mom and have mm -hmm. me, you know, put into, you know, a, whatever you want to call them. Those, I call them an institution, yeah. but um, it scared me so bad that I, I did what I needed to do. And we were very close. We went to school together. Um, he mm -hmm. lived down the, the street from me. So, he would always check up on me. Okay. And even gross stuff, like, let me smell your breath. Wow. I know gross stuff. Right. But it, it is what it is. And, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it kind of forced me to make those changes that I need. And, and not everybody can do this. Okay. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not saying that it's easy. I'm not saying that it, it didn't still plague me, but and it's okay to get help. Absolutely. Please get help if you need that. But I was able to do it on my own. Well, mm -hmm. with the help of my now husband, but um, not everybody can. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. And I just don't want anybody to think that it's that easy because it's not. But um, in my 20s, I, I was I was okay. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, was all right. And then when I, I started putting on a little bit of weight in my mid 20s, right, right about the time I got pregnant. Right. And um I was gestational diabetic. <laughs> Imagine that when, yeah. when I was pregnant with my daughter. And so they put me on this very strict diet, but it was one where you ate like every couple of hours because, you know, blood sugar regulation, you know, that's the best way to do it. And, you know, the, with their recommendations and I followed it to an absolute complete T because mm -hmm. that's what I do. And right. I was concerned about my baby. So I did what they said. By the time I had her, I had only gained 11 pounds. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. With her, I'm sorry. That was my son. With her, I only gained five pounds. And then, of course, wow. you know, yeah, it was crazy. But the doctor, you know, I mean, I went, I had to go in um, twice a week, once for a blood draw and once for a doctor visit for my last two months of pregnancy. <laughs> it was such a pain. Anyway, um, then 
when I lost the weight afterwards, I had lost a lot of weight. And you know how your organs are all pushed out. Oh, God, and yeah. So, so, and then I had lost, you know, actual lost fat weight while I was pregnant. And so I had this concave stomach for the first time in my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get pregnant like 10 times, you know, and really be skinny, right? Um, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, shortly after, you know, it all falls back into place yeah. and you're like, oh man. And then I started gaining weight, but I got pregnant right away with my son. I was still nursing my daughter. So um, I had, and I wasn't actually diagnosed with um, uh, the gestational diabetes with him, but mm -hmm. I followed that diet because I was scared and he yeah. was going pretty fast. Well, he was a big baby. He was nine pounds. And again, I'm only five, two, and I'm not a big person. <laughs> and right. uh, so after uh, I had him, I, I had only gained a total of 11 pounds. So, you know, the pregnancies, I can't blame. In other words, that's, that's the whole point of this ramble. But um, then after that, that's when things started happening because, and I, I will tell you, I really feel it was because I lost who I was and mm -hmm. I didn't take the time to take care of myself. I know that now I wouldn't trade anything. Don't get me wrong. I, I was a stay at home mom. I dedicated my life to those kids and I don't regret one minute of that. But I also now understand I completely lost myself mm -hmm. and the picture I showed in the beginning. Um, that's what happened to me. And I got to that point. Okay. That's when I started having really severe health issues and I didn't want to acknowledge it. And I didn't want to believe it because I knew it was related back to me being fat. And I didn't want to admit it. Yeah. I wore big clothes thinking that would hide. <laughs> right. And yeah. I avoided the mirrors. And um, I, I had this really major psychological thing going on. And I knew it. And it got to the point, it was so bad that I would change the kitty litter. And I would have to rest for you know, like 30 minutes on the couch from changing kitty litter. And like, we, we used to go to the movies a lot. That was kind of our date night. That's what I love going to the movies. And we wanted to, you know, sit up higher, right? Do you know how hard that is to climb stairs when you weigh over 245 pounds yeah, and you're only wow. five foot two, right? Yeah. yeah. So I would, I would try to control my breathing. So my husband wouldn't know what bad shape I was in. And yeah. so I'm, I'm dying inside going <gasps> like this. I'm yeah. trying my hardest not to, you know, let that go. And it, it just progressively got worse. And I had gone to the doctor and he, well, the nurse was checking me and he, and you know, the typical blood pressure cuffs and everything. And it was something totally unrelated. It was, I can't remember what it was. It was no big deal. And um, maybe it was a skin, something, a rash. I don't even know. But um, the nurse's eyes got really big. And she told me to lay back and to remain calm. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. And uh, then she went out of the room and all of a sudden all these people start coming in the room, including the doctor. And they're wheeling in an EKG machine. They're hooking me up and they were like, we need you to be calm. And we need you to take this medication right now. And if your blood pressure does not go down within 20 minutes, you will be admitted to the hospital. And wow. I was like, oh my God, you know. Anyway, so that's where I had no choice but to face reality. I had to go to see a cardiac, you know, a cardiologist, and mm -hmm. they did the stress. I said, blah, blah, all that stuff. I was put on four medications, four medications wow. for blood pressure. Okay. And then besides that, um, I was diagnosed with uh, prediabetes mm -hmm. and I had rosacea so bad. And I had struggled with this from, I don't know, probably my late twenties. I started noticing it. I would like flush when I would drink or I would get mad. You always knew when I was mad 
because I would be blood red. Well, mm. it just progressively got worse until I had like these little veins coming out of my nose. I look like an alcoholic, you know, my mm. nose was, you know, all red. I look like Rudolph and it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. I would wear makeup, but you know, it kind of wears off sometimes. And all yeah. of a sudden, like Rudolph, you know, when you put the mud on his nose. Yeah, that was me when my makeup came off all of a sudden, you know, it was embarrassing. Anyway, mm. so I had, I dealt with that and then acid reflux. Oh, good God. That yeah. was so horrifying that if I reclined in any way, it, acid would literally come up in my mouth and I would gag on it. Mm-hmm. And so I had all kinds of issues with that. I was put on Nexium and my doctor actually told me after we did, you know, rotor rooter the inside this way. And he said, you will probably always be on this medication. So wow. I was on Nexium for eight years every day. Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I did go back on another diet, Weight Watchers, okay, Hearth. typical thing, you know, and I did lose, I think, I think that time I lost like 88 pounds. And so it was all great. You know, some of the things helped, you know, and then I started, you know, I made my goal again. Right. And I started gaining the dang weight again. Duh. And, uh, I, I had gained, I think I want to say 60 something, 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. And I, I was, I was done. I was just done. I was like, okay, you know what? I was meant to be fat. I was meant to be unhealthy. I'm going to have to suck it up, deal with it, whatever. I'm going to die mm-hmm. early. Like, you know, uh, my grandparents didn't accept. Uh, okay. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. And, um, then my daughter stumbled across something and this is kind of funny. And some people probably go, Oh my God, you know, but uh, I stumbled across uh, what well, my daughter did. She had a friend who was selling, um, the exogenous ketones. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard of ketones, never heard of the ketogenic diet, never heard of that. Not even in science yeah. class do I remember ever hearing about this. Maybe it was, and I just didn't pay attention. But um, so I was like, okay, if my daughter's going to do this, I'm going to just do this little, you know, two-week thing. Yeah. One, one last time, and then I'm giving up. And I did it. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever felt in my whole entire life. I yeah. feel euphoric. I have energy, my mood, because God, I was depressed. I was so depressed. And I didn't even talk about all of that, but I had a lot of depression. That was awful too. And, you know, suicidal thoughts too. Not that I ever did it or would have done it, but it was kind of, I was kind of there. And, and also, let me just mention this before we move on, because I think this is important. Um, When I was at my heaviest and I was having all these issues, I started hiding you know, in my house. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to be seen because I was afraid of being judged. I was afraid of, you know, embarrassing my family. I thought that they were embarrassed to be seen with me. I didn't want to humiliate my kids. So I had that in my mind. And so I, you know, withdrew more and more into myself and that's a horrible place to be. Anyway. Okay. So I I tried these ketones and I was hot. Dang, this is like the bomb, right? I don't even know. Why do I not know about this? What is this? And so I started doing research and that's when I stumbled across the ketogenic diet. And I was like, what? You can, you can do this with your own body. Get out of here. And so I started moving closer and closer to ketogenic till I was full blown ketogenic. And I was in love because for the first yeah. time in my life, I was not miserable. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't hungry. I wasn't angry, hangry. I wasn't, you know, hating my life. I wasn't hating other people who could eat what I wanted to eat. I didn't yeah. care about the other food anymore. Could yeah. not care less. They could eat chips all up in my face. Didn't care. Ha. Huh? 
whatever. And so it was one of those, you know, kind of, and that's why, why I wanted, you know, to get it out there and tell more people about it because you have to be miserable. And Hey, if the other stuff works for people, go for it, go for it. (laughs) I'm sorry for me. It sucked. So, you know, (laughs) never again will I do that ever. I don't care what research they come up with. You can no, not live in that way. But anyway, um, so, you know, I did, did the, the keto thing and I tried to get the word out as much as I could. I started a website. Um, I was tinkering with recipes cause I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I did do that whole, um, reproduce the foods you use to love thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did that. I absolutely did that. And I did the artificial sweeteners and stuff like that. I did that. Um, I still have the recipes up on my website and they're mm-hmm. darn good recipes, whatever. But, um, then by the, after getting, closer to the two-year mark of being on keto, I had kind of weeded out a lot of that. I really didn't eat as much of the sweets every once in a while, maybe for, you know, I don't know, Thanksgiving or something. And I stopped um, the the fat bombs, you know, all that stuff that you, you do, you know, whatever. And I, I was pretty clean keto by the end. And then I had a friend who kept pestering me saying, you know, you're going to end up carnivore. And I thought, well, you know what, if I'm going to be advocating for this way of life, I need to know all spectrums. I already know the low carb spectrum. Let's go all the way to the other side. So I did the 30 day challenge and Mm -hmm. good God, it was easy and Mm -hmm. simple. And my, all my digestive issues went completely away, which I didn't even mention that. Good Lord. Um, that, that was rough. Um, from the age of three on, even in keto, even though it was better, I had digestive issues like Mm -hmm. major constipation Mm -hmm. and gas bloating and pain, sometimes pain so bad. I would go to my knees and I did the whole fiber Mm -hmm. thing, you know, add in more fiber because that's what you're told that made it worse. So I knew that added fiber, like flax seeds and, you know, the Metamucil, all that kind of crap, whatever, that was not working for me. That was awful. So I stopped doing that, but I never, never thought that maybe the fiber in some of the vegetables, because, you know, vegetables are awesome for you, right? That's the, the, the gold standard. Oh my gosh, the best thing in the world. And so I would never think that that would be causing me any issues. So when I did go carnivore, all of a sudden everything went away. And, I, and this was just within days. And I was like, huh. And, you know, the, I had heard other people talk about it, but I never really, you know, whatever, that's extreme, eh, whatever. I love my vegetables, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I felt so freaking amazing that I was like, I don't need it anymore. And wow. now, you know, I look at vegetables and I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, no, they're little pieces of pain. You know, no, <laughs> I don't need it. You know, and yeah. I'm not bashing it for everybody. I'm bashing it for right. me. So, you know, yeah. if it works for you, <laughs> yay, go. But it's just not working for me. Um, and, and not that I couldn't, you know, add back in a little bit, that, mm-hmm. that, would, that would be fine. And I have actually recently added back in mushrooms. Of course, mm-hmm. it's a fungus. But, um, and, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't have any issues with that. And I have mm-hmm. no issues with people, you know, adding back in things as they can, because sometimes mm-hmm. you can heal and you can add back in some things. But yeah. anyway, okay. That was a wow. really long story, but there you go. Thank you so much for sharing all that, because I'm sure that so many people that are listening right now can really resonate with a lot of what you're talking about. Um, one thing that I wanted to circle back to is that you said that when you put on a significant amount of weight for the first time, it was when you were a new mom and you felt like you really lost yourself. And Mm -hmm. so I'm wondering, you know, if you could talk to maybe any new moms 
uh, that are listening right now, or maybe they're not even new moms, but they're moms and they really are like, yep, that's exactly when it started for me too. Like that whole, just kind of like forgetting about yourself entirely, becoming like a total martyr, you know, to put your kids first, like, and then self-soothing, right. With food. Oh, so yeah. what, what advice would you give to your younger self? Like if you could do it all again, even knowing how hard it is, what would you have done differently? <laughs> that it, the number one thing is it's not selfish to take care of yourself. That's the first thing you have to understand. And if you don't take care of yourself, you mm -hmm. can't be present 100% for anybody else. You cannot take care of them 100% if you are allowing yourself to, you know, go downhill Look, on a plane. What do they tell you to do when the oxygen things pop down? You put it on your face first. Mm -hmm. That way, then you can take care of other people. So I think that we, our society has pushed so much on, like you said, this whole martyr thing, you know, like if you're tired, um, if you're, you know, oh yeah, I got one hour sleep last night. Oh yeah. Well, I got 30 minutes. Oh, you win. You know, yeah. no, no, it's not a competition. It's you have to take some time for yourself and mm -hmm. to self care. And there is a big difference between self care and self soothing. And yeah. I was self soothing, mm -hmm. not self caring. And plus, you know, you're tired, you don't have the time and you're just eating what they eat, you know, whatever, and shoving food in your face. You're going by grabbing food from fast food restaurants. Oh my God. I can't even believe how many times I did that. Oh my gosh. And I took my kids with me and they had McDonald's and, oh God, you know, and, but I didn't know what I didn't know. Okay. Right. I mean, you have to know that it's not healthy for you, but you don't understand how bad it is for you until mm -hmm. it's in your face. And I have a lot of regrets, but I can't change that. You know, so that's why I do what I do. So other people don't have to go through what I did. But yes, you have to make time for yourself. Absolutely. And it's okay. It's okay. And if you have to ask for help, ask for help. Mm -hmm. And if your husband's around, I don't care if he works all day or not. Mm -hmm. When he gets home, you, you got to have some time. You've got to, I mean, you know, you always being responsible for making the dinner, doing the clothes and, you know, the kids too. That's like two full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. and you don't get enough credit for that yeah but it's okay to ask for help mm -hmm. absolutely did you struggle with that thing. did you have people uh, that no. could have helped you but you didn't ask oh, or what was it like no, for you no I actually honestly I did have really good help I had my mom who lived like yeah. five minutes away from me and um once the kids were at a certain age I was I was one of those helicopter moms you know so it took me a little while to be okay with that but uh, once they did, you know, my mom would like um, keep them on weekends, uh, like Friday, Saturday night, whatever. And my husband and I, we would go to movies, right? And we would have a little bit of time alone. So that is incredibly important. Yeah. But um, yeah, and, and my husband was great. I mean, he would come home and it, I felt kind of bad for him though, because he would walk through the door and the kids would just be like, Daddy! and then yeah. I would be like, and he's like, whoa, just, whoa, just, just give me a minute, just, just yeah. one minute. And then I'll be all there. You know? Mm -hmm. So while I did dinner and stuff, he would, you know, play with the kids or whatever. So, you know, I did have help like that, but still, I mean, it's still a lot. It's just a lot yeah. when you are everything to somebody and I love my kids. Oh my gosh. I love my kids. And I love my grandbaby to death, but they suck the life out of you. Literally. <laughs> so you yeah. gotta, oh, they do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so you got to have some, you know, time to, you know, get that energy back. You gotta, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's so, so important. And 
I didn't really understand that. And so I tried to be that martyr, even though, you know, yes, I did have help and Mm -hmm. some others don't. I mean, some of my clients, I hear things and I'm like, oh, okay. No, no, (laughs) no, that's not okay. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you also mentioned exogenous uh, or exogenous ketones. Yeah. I always say it wrong. Yeah. Some people say it one way or the other. So that's why I said it both ways. But what are your thoughts on that now? Would you recommend those to people who are just starting out? I, okay. I kind of have a unique attitude about that because I've done it both ways. And I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and I do think that there are certain circumstances where they can really be a good thing, mm-hmm. like mental health issues, um, you know, people who have like a cognitive decline, um, uh, people who have like ADHD, um, you know, anxiety, those kind of things. I really think it, it can help a lot for to have the higher ketones in your blood. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can do it yourself. Absolutely. But there are some people, number one, who just aren't going to do that. Just mm-hmm. aren't. And so I do think there's a place for that. And also sometimes it's good as a kind of like a pre-workout, you know, to give you a little bit of a boost for somebody who's highly active and, you know, really needs that extra boost instead of some other stuff they could be doing. But in general, do you need it? No, no, absolutely. You don't need it. But there are circumstances, I would say absolutely 100%. Yes, do it. Yeah. Um, and, and if it gets you started and it kind of gets you in that mode where you you have this, you know, euphoric feeling and your mood is stable, then you can focus more on your diet. You know what I mean? So it was the catalyst for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, for some people, it may be a crutch. It was a catalyst for me. So Mm -hmm. you have to know yourself, you know, are you going to use it as a crutch and think that that's your miracle? Or Mm -hmm. are you willing to, you know, do the work? when you're able to, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're in a good place, because let's face it, in order to make any change, you kind of have to be in a, in, in a place where you're ready. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So did it, when you were taking the exogenous ketones, but not eating a dietary ketogenic diet yet, were you losing weight or were you just feeling fantastic or both? Yes, I, I was. Yes, okay. I was because <laughs> guess what? Your hunger hormones are being addressed, right? Because you have those ketones. So your hunger level goes down. So you don't, food kind of dulled for me Mm -hmm. in in, in a sense. And the way I always describe how it feels to be running on ketones, it's like my world was shades of gray. Mm -hmm. And when I started ketone, whether taking the ketones or producing them myself, the world became colorful. Mm. Yeah. And vibrant and exciting and (laughs) livable again, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, however you get there, I I don't care, you know, Yeah, (laughs) whatever it takes. Yeah. So um, your journey has been quite a long one. And you mentioned before that you're kind of the type of person that just like, you have a lot of willpower. You're just Mm -hmm. able to like, just decide and then do it Mm -hmm. until you, you know, like you just dig your heels in and go, go, go until you reach your goal. Mm -hmm. Was it like that with keto as well? Or did you have times when you thought about giving up ever? Nope. Not once, not one time. Nope. Mm -hmm. I was content to live that way the rest of my life. I even told Mm -hmm. my husband that, and he was like, 
he recognized right off the bat there was something yeah. way different because I mean good gosh he was there from the beginning right yeah. <laughs> since I was 15 yeah. so you know he's seen he's seen it all and oh yeah. you know and he tried to be supportive and, and and he knew that I would always reach my goal but then he also knew he knew yeah. just like I did I knew I, I tried to deny it but I knew it wasn't gonna stick but this yeah. psh, yes it was it was like why why would you want to stop it was it's like a happy drug without it being a drug you know yeah. and you don't have to give it up you don't it, it's not I guess in a way it kind of is addictive because it's just so awesome to feel great but it's not the same thing so yeah. if somebody could give you a happy pill and it wasn't addictive it wasn't a bad thing it didn't cause you any issues why the heck would you not want it right yeah so that's yeah. kind of the way I looked at it and I was never hungry I didn't care about food really I didn't mm -hmm. Like I used to wake up in the morning thinking about food and I go to bed thinking about food. I dream about food. Couldn't wait to wake up in the morning to have my yummy cereal mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever else it was. Or when I thought I was being healthy, eating the oatmeal and the banana and the skim milk and the, the you know, low calorie toast. And yeah. Yeah. So my experience is very similar to yours. It's so funny, like how many parallels are with our I know. story from childhood so and everything. And like, me too. As soon as I went keto, like I was just like, this is it. This is going to be my forever lifestyle. And I never looked back. But I do, of course, work with a lot of clients. And I'm sure that you do too, who do go on and off keto the same way with any other, um, you know, way of eating like Weight Watchers or whatever, like you had mentioned. So what do you think it is that is tripping people up? Um, you know, they, they do know what ketosis actually feels like, and it feels really, really great. What makes the difference between somebody like you or me that just never looks back and then somebody that really struggles and, um, you know, they'll, they'll be on it. They'll do really great. They fall off. They try to come back on, off, on, off. So how do you hold space for those clients? And what do you think is really going on there? I can tell you what's going on there. I know it you'll is, shoot straight. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's, 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 emotional things that have not been dealt with. And sometimes it can be a past trauma. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but what I went through at 10 years old, that traumatized me, mm -hmm. even though somebody else may say, Oh, get over it. It was trauma right. to me. Mm -hmm. And nobody else gets to decide what trauma is for you. So there mm -hmm. is the trauma aspect. And that's very, very important. And there's the whole emotional need. Like if you're not meeting your needs, and you talk a lot yeah. about that, there's something else going on, your needs are not being met. And so you turn to food. And then there's also the addictive property mm -hmm. of carbs and sugar. And if yeah. you don't give your body enough chance to get over that and to also be working on the emotional element and the relationship with food, it doesn't really matter what, what you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. it, there's certain things that have to be addressed. Now, I do believe in using um, keto and carnivore to help aid in that process. Mm -hmm. Because by ridding yourself of the addictive qualities, it yeah. allows your body to do what it needs to do. Plus, you're getting rid of the crap stuff that, that you know, make your hormones imbalanced and your mood, your mood is better. And mm -hmm. your mental, you know, ability, your cognitive ability increases because you don't have that brain fog and you don't have all this other crazy stuff. So it really helps you be able to now deal with the issues that you need to deal with. Yeah. And let's face it, I'm going <laughs> to almost, have, especially women, men, men too, but mm -hmm. especially women, almost every client I've ever dealt with has mm -hmm. had an issue that has not been dealt with. Yeah. And it's very difficult 
if, if you're in this place where you're so jacked up by foods that are not just real great for you because nutrition is extremely important. It builds you. It literally builds you. And if you don't have that proper foundation, it's very hard to function mentally correctly to be able to handle situations. And I think, hate to say this, but what we're seeing in today's world with all the emotional crazy, oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think it goes back to, you know, diet lifestyle. Yeah. Because you're not on a good, you know, level ground. And so it makes it very hard to be able to deal with these situations as they come up, stress mm -hmm. as they come up. So, yeah, I mean, definitely yeah. there's, there's, there's so many little elements there. It's not just the diet, mm -hmm. but certain diets do help aid in the process of being able to deal with the other issues. Did you know that I'm a weight loss coach exclusively for women? I work with clients one-on-one -on -one and in small groups. It's very personal and it's holistic. We talk about the practical and the personal, the habit changes and the mindset changes. It's a ton of listening to you and helping you unlock your motivation to do the things you already know, because of course everything you need to know is free on YouTube. Coaching is not just about changing behavior or habits, but changing beliefs, which means changing behavior for good. I would love to work with you. You can learn more about my coaching services at theketofit.com. In the meantime, I'll continue to serve you with free helpful content here on the podcast. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Keto Fit. Remember, you're allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously. See you next episode.